Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of Jurassic Pod. My name is Eric Corrine. My house did not burn down this morning, which is good because the fire alarms went off and that was scary. Um, Long story short, (laughs) don't leave things drying on your oven. Um, Oh my goodness. Bad idea. Um, Joining me, as always, my friend, my pal, my colleague in Raptors Adjacent Chronicling, (laughs) Holly McKenzie. Holly, how are you? Hi, I'm doing okay. I appreciate the warning that the fire alarm may go off, but I need to ask, what were you drying on the oven? So we had just like dishes and pots drying, but they were <clears> on <throat> um, like dishcloths, um, <gasps> which was stupid. But, you know, uh, there's there's limited... Uh, was there smoke? Was there fire? There was fire. Came down. Oh, there was fire. Oh my goodness. And That's I terrible. had the moment of like, should I just accept this? We have insurance. It's fine. Um, but no, we put Eric, out the fire. That's <laughs> so <jumping>. stressful. <laughs> it was not How did great. you get it out? Did you like uh, um, use another tea towel to like? Yeah, there was some padding or... down, and I uh, from my wife, I threw water on it repeatedly, and uh, now I, at first I was like, hmm, somebody's making French toast. Some nobody was making French toast. Turns oh out. my goodness. <laughs> if you smell French toast and it's in your house um, and you're not making French toast. There's a line from Bo Burnham's Inside that I thought of, but it's probably not politically correct, so I won't say it here. Uh, it was scary. Nobody was harmed. Walter was scared. Uh, he does not like the loud noises. Uh, but he is recovered and is now sleeping. Everything uh, is okay. Well, that's it. More exciting than my morning was. I was gonna comment that you're you're fully attired um, from head to toe in Toronto Raptors and Raptors adjacent Raptors nine hundred five um, toque and hoodie, and I like it. Yeah, it's a good well, look. I, I've turned. You look off... like you're dressed for winter, but well, I've I do turned like off it. the uh, the heat. Because I, I don't like when my house makes noises during the podcast. Um, okay. But that I makes got it. A bit, I'm learning so much colder. about your house. Yeah. <laughs> it can be set on fire and it gets cold when the heat <laughs> is on. exactly what everyone <laughs> was tuning in for. You know, you know who else has turned off the heat? Uh, the Toronto Raptors this week. Eh, five out of ten. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> the Raptors remain perplexing. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> I am perplexed. I like at the end of this, we will probably predict what they're going to do in the upcoming week. <sighs> it will be stupid and wrong. Uh because be wrong. Yes. because it is like, why do it? Um oh, you say Kikuchi just walked his first batter as the blue jay as, as a blue Oh, that's fun. Walking a pe- walking a batter, it's not fun. It is inauspicious, oh, but his, Holly. No, but it was his first pitch, you said, right? No, no, no. First batter. Um first- Anyway, it's spring oh, training, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, Yusei Kikuchi has uh, 
has command issues in the past. But, you know, he's the Jays' fifth oh, starter. Uh, baseball's back. I'm excited. The Raptors are impossible to predict. Uh, naturally, <laughs> naturally, they close out their uh, six-game road trip with a 103-100 win in Los Angeles over the Clippers. They come home and allow the Lakers to snap a nearly two-month road losing streak, uh, including Russell Westbrook following up nearly breaking the backboard with the three, uh, with a game-tying three off a turnover off an <laughs> inbound pass, which, uh, boy, we I can probably write a, a very small coffee table book on Raptors inbound oopsies uh, over the years. Uh, not great. Uh, then, on the back-to-back, uh, the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers play Joel Embiid. Uh, this is comforting, actually, because we learn that the Raptors are not the only crazy team. They play Joel Embiid, play James Harden, and the Raptors win 93-88 on the, ro- on the road. Uh, they hold the Sixers to 51 points without three Fred. quarters after the first quarter. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet didn't play, which helps explain the 93 points. Uh, and then... The only normal result of the week. I mean, maybe a three-point win in in Los Angeles against the Clippers is normal. Uh, But, you know, finally the Raptors revert to some sense of sanity, of regular season baseball uh, orthodoxy, maybe, and lose a back-to-back when the other team isn't on a back-to-back, looking tired uh, in the second half, 113-99 to the Bulls. Uh, they are 40 and 32, one game behind the Cleveland Cavaliers, who wait for them uh, on Thursday in Toronto in, in what is, uh, you know, the biggest game of the year, probably. Um, and then uh, they are two games up on Brooklyn. That tiebreaker is not determined yet. Uh, that is for the eighth seed. So they're seventh, they're 16th in offense, 13th in defense, 13th in net rating. Uh, finally, some movement there because it felt like they were 14th, 14th, and 14th uh, for a long while there. <laughs> um, Holly, why do we even try to figure out the Raptors? Yeah, uh, because we are fools. Um, uh, oh fools. my gosh. Eric also has a, also is drinking coffee or tea or some it's coffee. beverage. Coffee out of a coffee mug with a huge sad face on it, which feel oh, and now it's a happy face on the other side. Okay, that's very cool. I was gonna say it seems a little on brand for what no, we're talking wife, about. My wife bought this for me. It is my uh, it is my go to mug. It's a great mug. I like I like the size. I I like oversized coffee coffee mugs. Yeah, um, there is a whole debate to have about this because it does. If you don't drink particularly quickly, there can be a cooling effect, obviously. Yeah, my, yeah I drink iced coffee, as you know. Mm-hmm. We've had many a discussion about this, um, so I don't I don't use coffee mugs. But I love them. Anyway, yeah. back to the Raptors. They make no sense. And no, I want to talk about baseball for a second. God, I'm really <laughs> taking this everywhere. Uh, when you, Yeah, I got excited when you mentioned baseball because it's exciting that it's back, but I wasn't actually listening to what you were saying earlier yeah you know I was, just, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, baseball. You, yeah you weren't like, listening to me as usual another yes staple yes of this i was podcast. just i heard the baseball part and got excited um i 
like I, I always have a hard time wrapping my head around when baseball starts normally. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't know about you, but we're so into the NBA season that the se- like the season starts and it kind of feels like a new year, um, like going back to school, resetting every like yeah. September, October, you know, mm-hmm. and for the past like two and a half years because of the pandemic, everything has kind of just been upside down and it's been very weird. We've all talked about how time doesn't make sense anymore, but in the best of times, I have trouble learning when other seasons start. And then there was the baseball short like work stoppage Right. Uh, it was a lockout. Yes. A lockout. Sorry. Yes. No. Work stoppage and is correct. Is the right a lockout word, right? is more correct. Yes. More correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Just wanted to get that correct. Uh, I don't even know how long that lasted. I know. I know games were canceled. Right. There were some uh, games that were missed. Uh, spring training games were canceled, and the scheduled first week of the season was canceled. Oh, so okay. But then will okay. be re- made up. Made up, so they will have a normal length season. God, that's a long season. Anyway, uh, I've been seeing like results, but I haven't watched anything yet. And I wasn't sure if it was still spring training right now or it is still spring training. Yeah, April 7th, I believe, is opening day. Maybe April 8th. April 7th, of course, being the Toronto Blue Jays original opening day in 1977. You knew this. I did not know that, but it's exciting. It snowed in Toronto. Of course it did. Uh, Canada. And they beat my dad's Chicago White Sox. Um, Anyway, that almost. Anyway, when you mentioned. My Blue Jays opening day knowledge. When you mentioned Jays, I got excited and then was wanting to ask you about this. So, anyway, continue. Raptors. We are a we are a basketball podcast. Yeah, well, one or both of us will uh, maybe hop on uh, spin rate with Drew and Caitlin uh, at some point and give our Jays <laughs> thoughts if they'll have us, which they probably shouldn't, because you will just ask questions and I will just be very angry all of the time. <laughs> Slash swear at Yankees and Red Sox fans. Uh, I've just de- I've decided I'm going to be super obnoxious about the Yankees and the Red Sox this season. Okay, I I look forward to seeing that. I decided I'm just going to rank the um, smiles of the... Well, no, I'm not going to rank them because I don't want to pit anyone against each other. But I'm just going to remind everybody um, weekly that the Jays have the best smiles in the entire league. And and the most dingers. Uh, Let's go. It's almost time. Uh, We should talk about the Raptors. We should. Um, In case you haven't noticed, this is where we are because it's very frustrating. Like, how are you supposed to make sense of any of this? How are you supposed to make sense of any of this? They could have, they could have tied the Cavs. Yeah. LeBron taketh away and LeBron giveth. Uh, He had 36 points against the Raptors on Mm -hmm. Friday in Mm -hmm. that upsetting victory. And then he uh, destroyed Kevin Love's soul with a dunk. Um and beat the Cavs in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. uh, but the Raptors could not make it up in Chicago. Uh, so let's talk about the Raptors. In that, (laughs) I think where where they are, uh, the biggest concern has to be Fred VanVleet, and that's not Mm -hmm. to say he hasn't Mm -hmm. been fine. Like you look at his plus minuses since the minus 70 out of the all-star break over two games and it's you know plus 19 minus 4 plus 21 plus 8 minus 5 minus 9 nothing to like get super concerned but you just said it yourself when you said he's been fine yes he's not been been he hasn't been his all-star self 
Um, the Raptors, when Fred Van Vliet is fine, they're not great. Yeah. So last night after the Bulls game, <laughs> Monday night, I should say, mm-hmm. I asked mm-hmm. him if uh, at his current state, if he was confident that he'll be able to get back to producing in the way the team needs. And mm-hmm. of course, to start, he says, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll get there. It just depends on what path we'd like to take to get there. There are mm-hmm. a few different things we could do to get to that point, considering where we are in the season. I think for the most part, I've always elected to play and play until somebody stops me. So here we are, and some days feel better than others, but for the most part, I can do my job pretty good out there. Definitely not where I'd love to be, but it's a process to get there. Uh, so I guess my question is, should somebody stop him <laughs> from playing? Because uh, he, he sort of put that on the table and, and is basically asking <coughs> Alex McKechnie without naming him, is somebody going to stop me? Uh, and like, you know, it's, an, it's sort of an impossible question to answer because we don't know how he feels and we definitely don't know how much rest is going to... Mm-hmm. And he doesn't him. know. And he doesn't know. Which is like probably they, what makes it so difficult is he yeah. actually doesn't know. And didn't wasn't there a quote where where he said like the rusting isn't really Yeah, so the, he hasn't played on back-to-backs uh mm-hmm. on one end or the or the other and I I also asked him about that. Uh, he's, and sort of in the context of does not playing every game they're playing make it harder to get in rhythm uh, and he asked me sort of to clarify what I meant about the rest. And and then he said, yeah, it's not doing much. It's not doing much. I understand the concept of it. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably would have been even less effective than I was tonight if I had played against the Sixers. But Holly, it is what it is. It's just one of those things where it's, he didn't say Holly. I added that. <laughs> In case yes, you didn't know. I, I, I kind of assumed. It's just also, one just of those things where you. it's uh, got to take, where we've got to take it day by day and figure it, figure it out as we go. I need to interrupt you for a second. That's fine. That's I, the heart of the quote. I thought I thought that was the end of the quote. Sorry, earlier I wasn't trying to interrupt you reading the quote. Um, I feel like last episode, or maybe the episode before that, you asked me if I had seen a Jim Carrey movie, not the Truman Show, something else. The Mask, else. I think. The Mask. Somebody stop and just, me. <laughs> yes, and then you just said that, and that made me think of it. Is that that? Is that from that movie? I was gonna call it the Joker, but it's not the Joker. The Joker is. <laughs> bad uh well, yeah people will disagree on that and we probably we're, we're only having a future marvel podcast not a dc uh podcast um yeah. somebody stopped me i believe is from the mask um but to be to it like like to be frank the early rise of jim carrey as a box office uh monster like it's easy to get the quotes mixed up so there's I, also ace ventura s- yeah right? and ace ventura That's... too when nature calls Okay, I don't remember the difference. But the somebody stop me line is said <coughs> by one of the main characters in the show Pen15, which is like the greatest television show. Yeah, you've spoken to me about that, yeah. That's maybe ever been created for um, people who are not men. <laughs> so it's just very, very exciting to see your kind of childhood and adolescence um, on on screen and focused entirely on on uh, on that experience amazing show if you haven't watched it watch it if you think the first episode is weird just stick with it uh anyway one of the characters her like thing is she comes back to school and she does impersonations and she keeps doing that one and 
as soon as you said that, I heard her and smiled. And then I remembered the movie. Uh, wow. My brain is just like not where it's supposed to be today. Okay. Raptors. Fred Van Vliet. Do you want to rest him? Yeah. Uh, I would have liked to have rested him about three months ago, <laughs> which is the problem, right? Like what you said about... um kind of needing someone to step in that's kind of been the the theme all season and we've talked about that the importance of having the people around a player like fred and there are just certain players who are like that who are not going to take themselves out who will i don't want to say risk themselves but who will always put their love of competition and the team and the sport over their own self-preservation and you know? like he's self-aware he knows he does that yeah and he says yeah, yeah, it out yeah, yeah. loud like so it obviously becomes on the team to to be right. extra mindful about that and and they were not and yeah. i understand why they were not because yeah they're not in this position that, they're not in this position when if they're not to be clear right like they're not they're not in this position yeah. um and also when you have other injuries and and holes in in the roster already and then you have this guy who's playing like an all-star who was named to his first all-star game who isn't telling you that there's anything wrong of course you don't want to look at that of course you just want to say okay no we're good let's worry about the other issues that we have that we we have to worry about you know um so not surprised and it's just an interesting thing like when he said we the line about um you know there's a couple of ways we can go about this like like implying the rest of the regular season yeah um i mean he's saying it he's saying everything that we're thinking uh with the opportunity to potentially catch the calves and not be in the play-in that would be a huge relief, you know, like to earn that that uh playoff guarantee without having to do the play in would be amazing. And they're right there. <laughs> They've had yeah, their opportunity. As I said, they're a game back without the tiebreaker, yeah. so they are basically two games back uh for all. But they play them this Yeah, they play them Thursday. on Thursday. So I mm-hmm. let's let's go to that because I think that will clarify a lot of the conversation. Like yeah, if depending they, on if what they happens lose that day. game, then sixth, sixth place is not an impossibility. I've already said that once this year and got yelled at by all of Twitter, <laughs> uh, as it turns out, rightly. Um, I, to be fair, at the time, I did not know Jared Allen was going to suffer an injury, but that's right. neither here nor there. Um, but, you know, if you're basically three games back with nine mm-hmm. games to go, uh it becomes roll the dice. It could happen. Yeah, however. yeah. Anything could happen, but it <laughs> yeah. becomes increasingly unlikely. So then, your main standing <coughs> goal, and there are more goals to have that you know rhythm and playing your mm-hmm. best and getting you know those. If OG Ananobi comes back, like getting more minutes with you know your most normal ro- rotation, those things are all mm-hmm. important. I don't want to wave them away, but in terms of the standings, the main goal becomes to uh stay in front of Brooklyn mm-hmm. uh which might mm-hmm. not even matter cuz the Raptors are terrible at home in front of a full arena so <laughs> so maybe they don't want to play as a, <laughs> and you know it looks like Kyrie Irving won't be allowed to play whether it's in Toronto or Brooklyn uh so what another wrinkle in this season yeah, you know yeah. like no it, it is like it should end with the Raptors and Nets playing in the play in game like spirit like like spiritually this season needs to have that moment. 
needs to have I don't Ky- want that at all. Needs to have but Kyrie any- Irving not allowed to play in a play-in game because of let's not have that conversation. Um Right. Yeah. Um and, and so that, you know, is it worth playing no, Van Vliet to uh, you know to determine whether they're home or away for that game? I I don't think so. It's not. Um and then opinion, so then the because- next question is is it worth it to stay if it comes to this and I don't mm-hmm. think it would but it could to stay in front of Atlanta and Charlotte to stay to um to make sure you're in that 7-8 game and not the 9-10 game uh and that I would say is a worthy goal uh you don't want to be in a in right. one in or out game but That's look as as I've said like they're not doing anything in the playoffs without Fred Van Vliet near right. full productivity. Um, so I think almost regardless, that has to be the priority. Uh, mm-hmm. But there are different levers and points of inflection in which the decisions become more clear. Did you say levers? I did. I'm not sure it made sense, but you know, until you stopped me. Uh, I think people just would have accepted it. <laughs> Sorry. I just, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was just, the pronunciation of the word caught me off guard. And then I thought, levers, is that what he means? Um, anyway, yes. No, that was exactly what I was going to say is like, if on Thursday, that would be, if they did, don't win on Thursday. And if it looks like it could be out of reach, improbable to catch the calves um then your main priority has to be having your most important players healthy um for the play-in like that to me that's just like you said you're not gonna go very far without fred being you know maybe he does maybe he isn't gonna be like his best yeah, like self, it, it, you know he like, already was I, given five games off which was equivalent mm-hmm. to what 10 days and he came back and is still not quite himself and he had an extra test done at the end of that so like Mm -hmm. obviously it was it's it was and is still bothering him uh so there's probably with what two and a half weeks left in the regular season Mm -hmm. there's no amount of rest that is going to magically fix make him fine um and we can go back and relitigate this at the end of the year i don't want to particularly do that right now uh, about playing him 40 minutes a game while the Raptors went on an eight-game winning streak, which, again, is why they're here. So mm-hmm. it's not without um, without reason. But, yeah, like, I think you certainly, regard as I said, regardless, you lean toward his health, and it just mm-hmm. becomes a much easier decision if you lose that game against Cleveland, which nobody wants to see, but... Maybe it's the well, it's this, the best thing to to happen. I don't know. Like the this season is weird enough that that like maybe once you escape the trees and can see the forest and not just the individual trees, you would say you know playing in a playoff is or the play in is better if Fred Van Vliet is just more healthy than this. Yeah. Well, again, like this, the theme this whole season has kind of been the Raptors roster, (laughs) you know, when everybody's available and everybody's healthy, they're pretty good. Um, But the roster is constructed in such a way that this wasn't constructed. This roster wasn't constructed to compete 
you know, for a championship. We all know that. Um, so there are some holes <laughs> and it does get spread pretty thin, especially for shooters, um, scores, things like that. Speaking so, of, yes, speaking of so, shooters, uh, OG Ananobi remains out with his fractured ring finger, uh, on last week before the Lakers game. Uh, I believe that was about two weeks since Nick Nurse said they were hopeful that in two weeks the injury would mm -hmm. fully heal. It did not fully heal. <clears throat> and Nick Nurse said at the time there that there was another imaging or test scheduled for a week's time. Uh, so it looks like both Ananobi, his team, and, and the Raptors are hoping that Sorry, the rest, uh, the rest heals the injury, uh, whether that's possible or not. Mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor. I don't have a medical degree in my back <laughs> pocket. But the next day to look for is probably Saturday against the Pacers in terms of when he might play. Uh, we'll see what the risk threshold they're really, they're ready to take on is. I, I'm sure it's a similar thing in that if they don't think it's possible that the, you know, the injury is actually going to heal, they will send him out at some point because he can clearly mm -hmm. play. He's already done it. But as we said last week, um, the rap, the Blue Jays, by the way, are just, just raking against the Yankees in the first inning. Um, <laughs> they're up to nothing. Four straight hits at the top of the order uh, from George Springer. Bobachette, Vladdy Guerrero, and uh, Lourdes Gurriel. You love to see it. Um, I love your I love your uh, baseball voice. Yeah, it's it's similar to my golf voice, but uh, <laughs> there's more there's more tone there's there's more sass hit hiding behind the monotone. I feel. Uh, so that's the status of OG Ananobi. But also against the Bulls, Gary Trent Jr. Um, was out. Yeah. And as we were saying, like this roster already is a little thin on shooting and three point shooters and the like. So when they're down a player, you really, really notice it. Yeah. And you definitely notice it against the Bulls. Um, so yeah, this I team. I think they shot seven where... for thirty six yeah. or seven for twenty. It was bad. <laughs> it was not good. Um, from three, that is. Uh Trent will be reassessed either Tuesday mm -hmm. or Wednesday in Toronto. Uh you don't like to hear the word reassessed necessarily when when you hear something that sounds vaguely minor, like a uh, hyperextended toe. But, you know, that could hurt. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So uh, it's, I mean, Trent has not been <clears throat> particularly effective lately, but Nick Nurse said it did happen in the Philly game and, and the uh, penultimate play of the game. That would be second to last for you, uh, for you nerds out there. Um so yeah, they're they're gonna need, as, as we've said, they need those guys back. Uh, they need everybody to yeah to seriously have a chance yeah. and against one of these better teams in the playoffs, they need a chance. So let's uh, on that note, uh, you didn't put this on the rundown. Uh, I meant to. But I, I, I told going, you the the Raptors will be a bottom four team. Mm -hmm. uh, so pretty much we know that if they make the playoffs, that's a big F still. But if they do, they will face Philadelphia, who we just saw them beat, uh, and they have the season series right now 2-1 to one, with uh, a game still left. Miami, which I think is the same scenario, 
Milwaukee, they won the season series 2-1. Or Boston, uh, they are trailing that season series 2-1, and they still have a game left. (laughs) Uh, Matt Chapman just uh, drove in Vladdy Guerrero with a well-hit sacrifice fly. Uh, So rank those in order of... I mean, I know there are emotional inst- things that you are very concerned about with Chicago Eric, and Miami. this is not fair. This is not what I thought that you were going to I don't about care. Because... I don't care. So Chicago <laughs> and Miami, you are concerned about for DeMar and Kyle reasons. That's fair. From a strictly Raptors winning perspective, rank them from the teams you'd most like to see from the team to the team you'd least like to see them play in the first round. I genuinely think I would least like to see Boston, which feels insane. No, I agree. But they're really good. And yeah. besides just me being like, I hate when the Raptors play Boston, uh, this tear they've been on is, yeah, like you watch them and you're like, I don't know what you do against this team. And if I'm thinking that against a, about a really, really great <laughs> team, then I don't, I don't want to even think about yeah when you put like the worst one of the worst half court offenses that will be in the Mm -hmm. playoffs if the raptors make it against like the best defense in the league yeah like it will be like games against miami times like for the rap from the raptors perspective yeah no it'll like like times 1.4 like these if the raptors get any games they will almost certainly be like the rockiest of rock fights yeah so i think Boston would be my least favorite. Uh, I think I'd most want to face Chicago. Wait, no. No, Chicago isn't an option. Uh, What are my options? Milwaukee. uh, I I did say Chicago. That's my fault. That's my bad. Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Miami, Miami, Boston, Boston, and... uh, Philadelphia. Yes. So I would most like to play Philadelphia. Imagine that, because, like, Joel Embiid <laughs> is, like, the guy who the Raptors are designed to, like, not be able to cover. I and, know. And uh, maybe it's recency bias, and maybe in, this, in the the game they play him, he ends up putting up, like, 40 and 12, and we, we re-think Oh, I'm that. sure he'll be great. Um, but, like, I'm sure he will be great, but... But, yeah, that goes back to something you did put on the rundown, which is, like... The vibes in in Philly looked really bad that game. Of course, they followed it up, and this is what I was alluding to earlier, by not playing uh, Embiid and Harden and then Mm -hmm. beating Milwaukee. Or, sorry, beating a a full Miami team. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, the Raptors, as I said, are not the only team that makes no sense. Yeah, I think I would I think I would uh rather play uh, I think I would most like to play Philadelphia. I love saying I would like to play as yeah. if I've ever played. So, Philadelphia, Miami, Milwaukee, Boston. It feels insane to say that I would choose Milwaukee over Boston, but Boston is just really Well, there's no tough. good options here, right? Like <laughs> these are these are good What teams. would your four be? I I think I I have the exact same order as you. Um yeah. Philadelphia, Miami, just because, like, you know, or you think you know, that you can play the type of game that can keep you close with Miami. Um, Like, I I legitimately think, I'd be surprised if Philadelphia made it out of the East, but I think any of those teams can make it out of the East. Um, So would you rather have Philadelphia or Miami? I 
I think I'd rather have Philadelphia. There's just something fragile about them. There is, right? Um, There's just like, I feel like you know what, you know, you know how they will beat you if they're going to beat you. You know it, you know? Yeah. And like, they're Um, just not deep. They traded away their, mm -hmm. you know, some of the pieces, uh, Kevin Biggio base hit, um, that, that really would have helped to work around, uh, Mm -hmm. Embiid and Harden they have the same problem they've always had which is Mm -hmm. who's playing in the non-Embiid minutes they don't Mm -hmm. have their shooters are not particularly useful in other ways which creates you know many and since James Harden you know sort of insists on switching everything it's easy to get (laughs) mismatches um I just you know those those two players clearly are good enough to where the Sixers could sweep the Raptors and wouldn't be like the most surprising thing in the world. But yeah, there's also like a play like stars. Here we go. There's also a pretty clear blueprint to messing with them. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's what the Raptors are like. That's why teams would be scared of the Raptors. It's not because they're going to, you know, out talent them. It's because like they do have the roster and the coach to just mess with your head and, the mm-hmm. Sixers' heads seem primed to be messed with, kind of. Uh, that, that's, you know, a bit, you know, <coughs> you know, of a facile way to say that, but that's sort of how I feel. I do wonder if some of the reason why I... Why I... I, I do wonder how much the Kyle Lowry factor does factor into me placing Miami after Philadelphia. Um I'm not, I, I can't tell you because I actually like, you know, how do you, how do you disentangle your, your emotions? Yeah, and no, we, we can think we're doing something, but it's impossible to know. We're probably exactly a little biased, you know, um, but and yeah, Miami's that really good. Miami's really good. They are really good. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. And that, again, it sounds crazy because like if Embiid dominates as he has you know for much of the season and if Harden plays the way we know that he can even though he hasn't like really had an amazing season this year to put it lightly um yeah it could just be a quick sweep they could be incredible but I just there's something off <laughs> about that team to me yeah that makes perfect sense there's still I mean there is the very real notion of them still trying to find themselves um, mm-hmm. James Harden has a checkered playoff history. Doc Rivers has a checkered playoff history. Joel Embiid has, you know, his teams have a checkered playoff history. If, what if, did you think if, of that trade when, when it happened, the Harden and, and Simmons? I felt like everyone was really like, this is a great trade for both teams. And I just was very like, mm. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I, I did feel that way. And... I just wish Philly had managed to keep either Drummond or Curry. Like, I, I get yeah. why you couldn't have both, but it just seems like... I'm not the first person to say that. It seems like they gave up everything you need to <laughs> to play around those guys. And hey, now Ben Simmons has a herniated disc. And Tobias so Harris great. looks like just completely lost. Like, that was... I tend to think, like, the hate that Tobias Harris gets on... I mean, it is, because all hate online is is overdone, pretty much. Ridiculous, um, But, yeah. like, and I get it. He makes more money than is ideal in a luxury tax salary cap world where things are... Where how much you can spend is finite. 
But I tend to think, like, he's a pretty damn good player. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, the Mm -hmm. least effective I've ever seen him play. And also, like, just the least engaged I've seen him play. I'm talking about the game on Sunday night. The vibes are just... Yeah, not not immaculate. Um, Let's move on to something that is a bit more immaculate, if things can be immaculate uh, by degrees. Uh, Pascal Siakam. My lovers. (laughs) (laughs) Pascal Siakam's good. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, he he, is. (laughs) He had 26, uh, 10 and 5 against the Sixers. He had uh, four turnovers against the Bulls, but, you know, 22, 5 and 4. For the season, he is averaging 22, 8 and 5. Uh, and I wrote after that Philly game about the chances of him making an All-NBA team again. He was second team All-NBA in 2019-20. Uh, I think most reasonable people think he probably should have been third team. Uh, mm-hmm. And Jason T- and the Raptors record had a lot to do with that. Uh, but hey, he deserves to be in an All-NBA team. He was on an All-NBA team. And this year is going to be really interesting, Holly. Um, how much have you looked into this? Uh, and I be- have I have not. And beyond your emotional reaction, which is, yes, of course he should be on the All-NBA team. Uh, do you have any general thoughts on the concept of, uh, or, or first of all, just Siakam's play and yeah. uh, whether he deserves it or not? Uh, I think that, I think that I was initially surprised when you said that, like, I get why, because he has been playing great. And I mean, I put it on the rundown, (laughs) like he's good. And since he returned from injury, like he's been very good uh, and the Raptors have needed it. And it's really, again, I just go back to the best part is just seeing Pascal look free again on the court. Like he's just happy. And that's so great to see. Um, in the same way that you said the Raptors record probably influenced him being second team as opposed to third. I think that the, the opposite will could happen this year where because the record isn't that great. Um, there will be other players and teams that are probably looked at first. Yeah. For that. Uh, I mean, sure he could be, but yeah. Um, just, uh, to clarify, like, minutes are no longer an issue with Seattle. Mm-hmm. Like, I did a list of the forward or forwardy type players uh, who might be considered. And he's now, uh, before Sunday's games, but I-, I think he would still be here, uh, third in total minutes behind only Jason Tatum and DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> um, so... Which is pretty wild. Yeah. yeah. He missed the first nine or ten games of the year. He's only missed two cents. And, you know, mm-hmm. everybody else has... Not everybody else. But first of all, Siakam plays a buttload of minutes every night. And uh, second of all, the, a lot of guys have missed a lot of time. Um, mm-hmm. Because that's mm-hmm. what happens most seasons. And particularly this season when you have the added element of um, the COVID stuff thrown in. So... Uh, Minutes won't be an issue. I think what what I wrote is that positions and how voters attack positions um, will come into play a lot. Uh, like right now. What do you think about um, getting rid of positions for all NBA? Like just doing the best five. You know, I wouldn't hate it. Like, like there is part of me that scratching at like, like, like say town say towns or like like say gobert was a bit better offensively 
And, like, he really was one of the five best players this year. There's something mm-hmm. about, like, putting Embiid, Jokic, and Gobert on the same, uh, like, first team All-NBA that, like, kind of bothers me. Like, if it's just two guys, it doesn't bother me as much, uh, especially because, as I pointed out in my story, like... Is it insane to put Nikola Jokic at guard on on your NBA ballot? I don't know if he'll be allowed to, but like he's offensively a point guard. That's what he does. He, you mm-hmm. know, handles the ball and makes the passes. Like, like sure, maybe he's not running a ton of pick and roll. Uh, I, I would wager to say he's not running none. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like, so if that were, I think ultimately I would be in favor of it. But I don't feel great about it. Great but, about but there, it. there yeah. has been in recent years increased, like it's not the all star ballot, which is binary, mm-hmm. backcourt or mm-hmm. frontcourt. There are players, from my understanding, I haven't voted on all NBA. I don't know if I'll be voting on all NBA this year. I, I haven't been told I am. Um, that will, that has, so. As we've gone on in the years, there's been increasing flexibility. So you're allowed to, you know, Luka Doncic can be a guard or a forward. I assume DeMar will be able to be a guard or a forward. Uh, I I think that even Embiid and Jokic are allowed to be centers or forwards. Mm -hmm. Um, So So if you can manipulate it that much, then I think it should just be the top five in the three tiers. I think. Yeah. And that's why, like, ultimately, I don't really even though it feels a little weird yeah. like it would feel you know but yeah. i just think and in that sense i don't think pascal siakam probably like i don't think he's quite been one of the 15 best most mm-hmm. impactful players this season like he would be you know my first or second guy on the outside but it does like it will depend on how flexible voters are willing to be and what their values are in terms mm-hmm. of putting mm-hmm. together these teams yeah, no, that is interesting. Uh, and it's an interesting to think about because even with increased flexibility, as you said, it's only going it's going to depend on how flexible each voter is and, and what their vision of an all NBA team should look like in terms of position, even if they're allowed to kind of deviate from that. Uh, yeah. So my guess right now is that he'll slightly miss. Um, mm-hmm. But if he were to end up on the third team, that also wouldn't surprise me. As always, the most important thing is even if he's not on a team, he is playing at that <coughs> level, and that is good. Uh, he is good. He's been great for the Raptors. Yeah. Uh, Precious Achua, before we get into... Oh, man. Uh, he has been so much fun. Yeah. He had a George Gervin finger roll last night. <laughs> um, you know... He had that... an 8-0 run. He had an 8-0 run. Um, gosh, what was the game before the... Bulls, the Philly. Sixers had an eight zero game, an eight zero personal run against the Sixers, and a seven zero run against the Lakers in that game. And just like I just, it's just fun. Like I think my favorite thing about watching Precious is how how much he just wants to do something good with the ball whenever he gets he it. He certainly always wants happen. to do something with the ball. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> always happen, uh, but it's been really, really, really fun watching him since since All Star break. Yeah. Um, and they've needed it. They, definitely they listed him as a starting small forward shooting. on the broadcast on, on Monday. I enjoyed that immensely. <laughs> um, I would have enjoyed it more if they listed him as a starting shooting guard. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, because, 
you know, I think he's more of a, I think they listed small, uh, Scotty Barnes as, as the -hmm. shooting guard. I think Pasha Sachua is more of a shooting guard than, than Scotty Barnes is, but you know, these are nits that are really unimportant, but you know, I can't help but pick up things sometimes. Um, yeah, he's been fun. I do think like the decision-making is getting a bit better too. Um, I agree. Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher was awesome in that Philly game. I Mm -hmm. feel like he tortures the Sixers in particular. (laughs) He had that huge game against them in the loss at at home uh, earlier Mm -hmm. in the year. And, you know, he, he was like the opposite of the Sixers vibes. He was just like, I'm going to get everything and I'm going to try so hard. And the Sixers were just like, like, the the Boucher meme of him on the bench, just absolutely exhausted is hilarious and great. But it's even more perfect because that is how he's been playing every game. Like, he's playing to exhaustion. Like, he's going for every offensive rebound. He's going for every putback. He's just full out the entire time he's in. And and it's awesome. And even just seeing him, like, taking that charge at the end of the game, like, whew, he, uh, he's been putting it all out there and has been really, really important um, the past few weeks. And it's really great to see. Yeah, so against Philly, he averages 10.6 points, 6.2 rebounds in 20 minutes per game, which is pretty good. Feels like it should be more than that. Um, Well, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, 20 minutes a game isn't that much. I know. And that's like the equivalent if he played 35 minutes to like (laughs) 17 and 10, which he almost basically had the other night. I, I don't. I guess Chicago. Have? He had he had nineteen and ten, and, 10 yeah. and two blocks. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, who do you think he scored the most points? Uh, you'll never get this. It's not even a worthy trivia question. Okay. His career high uh, average against a single team is fourteen points against Oklahoma City. Um, okay, I wouldn't have gotten that. <laughs> yeah. No, Philly and and Chicago are sort of the frequent teams. He or the teams he's played the most that he's had the most success against it. It looks like based on the splits I'm looking at, um, you just have a bunch of hearts next to Demar and Fred here. So oh. Holly, take the floor. I don't need to. I don't need to steal more time. Just Demar hugging Fred at the end of the game. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's just nice. nice. It's nice when nice he, nice people are nice and and show emotion. He had twenty six uh, on eleven of fourteen shooting. <laughs> so good against against the Raptors because of course he did. Many of those were mid range shots because of course like they like were. precious precious guarded the first two shots perfectly <laughs> and it was just like yeah that's fine like it's like I know he I know he slipped a bit and the Bulls have slipped a bit in the second half of the season here and especially since especially since the All Star break like. Was there any question those shots were going in? Of course they were going no, of in. Course not. I, I, and they were, Listen, again, he also, I need on. to say this. He also had three blocks and a steal. So last night on the broadcast, the Raptors broadcast, the halftime crew uh, was were talking about the Bulls. And it was said that, you know, the Raptors were going to lose the game because the Bulls don't play, like, their, some of their stars don't play defense because DeMar DeRozan doesn't play defense. And obviously the Raptors went on to lose the game. But yeah, DeMar had three blocks and one steal. And though he can't hear the halftime show, I felt like that was a little punchback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't, we certainly don't need to relitigate uh, 
eight years of DeMar DeRozan defense conversations. Uh, you know, he... He's great. It was great I to mean, see him. I mean, he's not a great defender, but he has his moment. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. He's great. It was great to see him last night. Also, Zach Levine was great. His third quarter. You know, I... It's just like, I-, I tweeted this. Like, Zach Levine can disappear like, like he, he was not a factor in that first half uh yeah but when he all. gets hot it's like yeah he had like a layup no question that's like the most a- athletic thing i've ever like just the burst it's very similar to terrence ross like the athleticism on just like extremely simple plays yeah you're like wow mm-hmm. like oh normal normal humans definitely can't do that normal nba players also can't do you that you know who my new favorite athlete in the league is just in terms of burst Go ahead. Do you have any guesses before I say? Go ahead. Jonathan Kaminga. Ooh, yeah. He gets up. He's very fun. He gets up real quick. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I didn't know if it was going to be someone on the Bulls, and I was kind of thinking, who else on the... No, I mean, he's a, you know, Derek Jones Jr. is also in in this club. But uh, yeah, Kaminga is the next guy. And watch out now. He might need to play in the playoffs for the Warriors. Yeah. Anywho, we have enough Warriors podcasts on The Athletic. This is a Raptors (laughs) podcast. Uh, Coming up this week, big game against the Cavs on Thursday night. Indiana on Saturday, the new look Indiana Pacers. O'Shea Brissett, 24 points the other night. Man. Uh, Can't go on. Yeah. It's two, you know, Raptors. I love me some Utah, but... uh, that one she's really good that didn't work out uh but so it goes raptors have a better record on these things than most teams and then uh what is sure to be a loss against boston on monday <sighs> <laughs> there are 10 games yeah. left in the regular season eight at home uh two on the road do you want to know what the, the 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 breakdown of the raptors record is uh this year of course you do i just need to find it uh I don't know. What do you mean the breakdown? Uh, based on where they're playing. Uh, so on the road, they are 23 and 16. Oh. At Scotia Brink, Scotia Bank Arena, <laughs> in front of a limited capacity, they are 10 and 4. And at Scotia Bank oh, Arena, gosh. at full capacity, they are 7 and 12. Uh, back to Tampa, Holly? Uh... seriously let's do the stupid thing and predict this week Uh, again Cavs, (laughs) Pacers, Celtics all at home I want to say 3-0 but I'm going to say (laughs) 2-0 yeah so so you're predicting win win loss I assume yes I think that's the same thing I'm doing Uh, you might have gone I'm going to be so Oh, I'm going to be so cheesed if they lose that game on Thursday. 
no for sure but i'm really glad that we don't have a pod scheduled for friday yeah um which maybe shows how confident i'm feeling about my prediction but yeah, yeah. so you also are two and one yeah with the same games i think i don't remember what you pr- predicted for the clippers game um i think it's possible I... you went you predicted the right record last week two and two but predicted all four games wrong uh, but I would have to, I would have to go back and listen. Uh, that's what we call an Eric Corrine special from last year. Um, but I would have to go back and listen. And I hate my voice, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, Holly, any closing thoughts? Mm-hmm. Final opinions? Uh, do you have any Formula One insights you want to give us? Oh man, have you watched Drive to Survive? I have not. No. Okay, you need to do that. I'm not sure that's going to um, happen, to be honest. No, but, uh, it's. Listen, if I am watching racing, come on. I understand it's a thing. People are talking. People are talking, Holly. No, it's just the documentary series on Netflix is done so well. And you get to learn so much about each of these individual uh, drivers, as well as the team principals and the stories, the drama. Oh, it's just so well done. Each episode, and you go into an episode and you're like, okay, that I see where we're going with this. This one will be okay. This will be mid. And then it's like incredible again. Do you have like um, a racer or a team that you find yourself pulling for? Uh, I don't know if I have a team, but I have a ton of... My, the problem is I love everybody. Yeah, not, that is I, a problem with people. you. I can never take you seriously because you just like too many people. Oh, that's so harsh. I, I mean, I mean, obviously I didn't mean it that much, but... Uh, but listen, there's only like 20 racers, basically. Imagine if there was only 20... Okay, well then just players. give me like your top three. Yeah, well, obviously Lewis Hamilton, because he's just like lovely. And I love watching him interact with like all of the team that he has. Um, but I also love Charles Leclerc so much. Like, I just think that... Who does he, he race for? Uh, uh, Ferrari. Okay. And I like Carlos Sainz as well, who's also also with Ferrari. Um, but I'm so new to like watching. Like uh, everybody oh is. God. That's the great thing. Like if you're North American know, and so you're exposed. watching this, there are like eight people. Did you who say are, American? Oh, North American. I said North American. American. There are like eight people who can legitimately claim base hit Vladdy, who can legitimately claim <laughs> that they've been here all along and they know uh, and like can be annoyed at all the bandwagon fans. Obviously I'm exaggerating. There are more than eight people. In in fact, (laughs) no, but I I got up, I got up on Sunday early for me. Yeah. 1030 for me on a Sunday is extremely early. I got up and watched the race live. This is my first time ever following it live. I've only watched drive to survive and I've like not paid attention to anything that's happened as the season is happening. And then I just watch it all on drive to survive. And I guess I made the decision that this year I'm going to um, follow it for real. I followed all the guys on, on uh, Instagram. Instagram or like, Twitter. I'm in. Yeah. Uh, Instagram. Um, there are like, very there avid were, Instagrammers. There were two twins uh, who came to my elementary school in like grade five. Uh, I can't remember now if they were, if they were Dutch or Australian, there's a huge difference between those two places. I'm aware geographically (laughs) and otherwise, but they loved formula one racing. Uh, and and there was, they could not find a crowd there. Now the last, they get the last laugh though. Um, or maybe they're just annoyed that everybody's into it now without knowing any of like the finer points of, of the, of the, uh, of racing. I don't know. God, I was just looking up. Um, I literally just Googled F1 drivers because I wanted 
I wanted to check something, but uh, the question that you know how like when you Google something, a bunch of questions come up. I do like, know that. Google yes. searches. It's like, do F1 drivers pee in their suits? <laughs> I was like, that is not what I was looking for, but thank you. Totally. I mean, that's a question my wife would ask, I, I feel. Um, like, she's very con- concerned about practical matters. Um, no, that makes when sense. It comes to I was sports. trying to count to see how many. Like, the races are only two hours. Yeah, there's only, there's 20, I, I thought, I, I said there's, there was like 20 racers, dr- racers, drivers, and then I felt like that was impossible, um, but no. It's like yeah. 22 usually, uh, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I just, I'm looking at, yeah, I, I really do like a lot of these um, drivers. I can't wait for you to have an opinion drivers. on, like, courses. Like, what's your favorite course? Oh my gosh, the nighttime courses are so intense. Mm. And really overwhelming. Also, it's crazy to see them like go to these all these amazing locations and these gorgeous. Yeah, I know Monaco really, really... is like an amazing experience, like television experience. Yeah, just and you're watch. driving like through the streets, like it's very scary. Uh, but then you see them come to like Texas, and it's like, man, this looks so like just not desolate. You know, it's it's. it's <laughs> what desolate what? or oh, or just yeah like... it's just not as like beautiful and like you know tropical vacation like monica like just and gorgeous not even tro- tropical is the wrong word but you know what i mean just like this super otherworldly experience and then they come to texas and it just it just looks very normal <laughs> and the rest of it is very not normal um so that always cracks me up well but. that's formula one corner. Yeah, there's new courses this year there's new courses i would expect there think, is like, like i mean which i think is probably just due to the excitement um in the sport and sorry we'll finish after this there's also going to be a netflix documentary series in the same vein as drive to survive about tennis uh that'll work I'm very excited. I don't know if you know that I've become a tennis fan. I love, I yet. mean, as you know, I think I am a big tennis fan. Um, Same. I, I mean, I as far as, like, I am a now, big yeah. casual tennis fan. I am not a big tennis fan, to clarify. Oh, um, it's so great. I love the, I love, again, I love the 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 athletes and I love following them and their stories and they're just um, great. This is going to sound anyway. her- terrible because of what just happened with Osaka, but, like, I just love how emotionally available they have to be like like how how clear their state of mind is when things are going mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. and when things are going poorly and like i hope osaka is okay um of course uh but like i do find that super super captivating uh in addition to like how great how like great of just a one-on-one sport it is the mental strength of it you really see, especially because it's just you. Like, it's just them out there dealing with it all. Yeah. Um, Is this the year for uh, Chapo or Felix? Do you think they get a Grand Slam or, or no? I love Felix so much. I love Felix. I if, Do you follow him on Instagram? Oh, his Instagrams are so great. I do not follow. You should follow him. Um, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I don't think it is. Um. Djokovic is I would love too for good, it. but I would love for who knows if Djokovic is going to play in certain events or be allowed to. Um, anywho, that seems like a good time to stop this conversation. <laughs> we'll have more F1 Corner uh, next week if uh, there's a race this week, which I don't know if there is. Maybe Holly knows. Um, uh, but I, I, do I don't lo- know yet. I'm very... I do I'm like you as like... our roving uh, 
<laughs> other roving, I, what's the word? Not reporter quite, but... Uh, Correspondent? Yeah, yeah, like just ex- quasi-expert on all these things. Um, it's a good bit. Very, very not expert, yeah. just enthusiast. Yeah, that, yes. that's good. Yeah, good word, enthusiast. Um I do, I do like that you were branching out. Uh, that was one of the things I, I yeah. used to worry about you, Holly. I used to worry that like <laughs> all the eggs were in the basketball basket, um, and they really were. Um, but now it's just like, you know, team, so many sports, te- so little team time. Pop, tennis, F one. <laughs> um, there was another thing that we had you be a correspondent about earlier in the year. I'm sure the Olympics. The Olympics. The Olympics. Yeah. Um, I want to start a book club. Let's start a book club. Well, we kind of have a book club. Do we? I mean, I give you suggestions and you read them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway. Okay. This is it. Friends, good luck to the Raptors. Enjoy the Raptors this week. We'll come back to you, uh, I believe, after that Boston game, uh, which I'm sure we'll be <laughs> dealing with uh, <laughs> the usual Boston-related angst. Uh Holly, thanks. Thanks. Uh, Have a great weekend. Yeah. Week. It's Tuesday. What day is it? It's Tuesday. Have a great week. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. (laughs) You too. Uh, Everybody else out there, stay safe. Stay happy. Enjoy the nice weather as long as we have it. We'll hit you up next week. See ya.